You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny, as we roll along here on ESPN Radio, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Huge sports hour coming up. We got Fortinball all over all the football and the gambling. We got Bubba's Who You Got, which is always fun. And we have a dilemma to get to the bottom of in just a minute. Another reminder we also have the College Football National Championship game, the Natty, here on ESPN Radio, Monday night, Washington, Michigan. 6.30 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations and the game's on ESPN TV. It's all over ESPN Plus and <clears throat> everywhere else. We will have that game covered in every conceivable and imaginable manner. I just want to say one other thing that just jumped into my head as I was listening to Doug Brown do that Sports Center, and he ran through a quick look at the leaderboard at Kapalua for the first PGA Tour event of the year. I must say something in great sadness I love golf. You know how much I love golf. I love playing golf. I love watching golf. I love talking about golf. When people ask me, everywhere I go, people ask me, what's your favorite sport? That, that is, I, I think, of all the questions that I get, the most frequent one, maybe this year having been replaced by Aaron Rodgers' material, but generally speaking, the most frequent question I am asked is, what's my favorite sport? And my answer is always the same. It's golf. I, to me, golf is a, almost a spiritual uh, connection that I have to it. And I must say in great sadness that with all the stuff that has happened between the PGA Tour and Liv, and this isn't even to choose sides anymore, it isn't to criticize, it, all that's, the time for all that is long since behind us. But I have to admit, my um, enthusiasm for it has been diminished. Not my enthusiasm for playing. I live to play golf. I played every single day of my vacation. I have missed it every day since. I am already sitting and planning all the different days I can play golf again as soon as possible. So this has nothing to do with the game. It has nothing to do with my own enjoyment of it. It has everything to do with the business. And for whatever, just I can't put it into words. I can't tell you exactly why. Again, I'm not even going to bother with the pointing of fingers anymore because I don't even know how to slice that up anymore. But what I do know is I just heard Doug Brown say what's going on at Kapalua, and no part of me thought, oh, I look forward to watching that. Like not one part of me normally on a cold January day in New York, the idea of watching the best players in the world, or at least some of them, playing in golf in Hawaii would sound so appealing. What a delightful way to just pass some time over the course of, you know, today and this weekend. I cannot begin to tell you how uninterested I am in that. And for me, that is extremely unusual. I'm not surprised to hear that is your response and reaction. I think that's probably a standard opinion right now, at least across the country. Do you feel like that will still be the way that you feel about the sport on 
Sunday at the Masters no, and these other No, big... I will still enjoy those. But my enjoyment, by and large, of the sport has waned. So I will still, the majors, I will still certainly watch with great interest. Will I have the same passion for it? Look, John Rahm is coming back as the defending champ at the Masters. He's going to design the menu. He's, he's going to have the, the one still has the jacket. Um, he's the one who's going to put the jacket on whoever wins it this year and all of that. And he, as most people know, signed with Liv a few weeks ago in what I think can be described as the end of golf as we have known it. Uh, the PGA Tour was founded something like 50 years ago, and golf, professional golf has been one thing for all of that time. It has ebbed and flowed. It has grown and shrunk. Tiger Woods brought it to heights of popularity that it had never previously reached. Um, but whatever it's been, it's always been one thing. And Liv came along and, and definitely made an impact and changed things around. But I don't think you could officially say golf as we know it is over until Rom left. And when Rom leaves, now it is indisputable that if you were to pick the 10 best players in the world, half of them are playing for Liv. So there's no way in the world that you can watch a PGA Tour event and at any time and say, yeah, I'm watching the best players in the world playing in this tournament. Now, they'll still play in the majors. They'll probably figure something out, this deal that's taking forever, and I understand why, because they're figuring out enormously complicated circumstances. And again, I don't, this isn't even about who's right, who's wrong, or any of that. All I'm saying is... I'll let you know when we get to April if I'm as excited about mm. the Masters as I usually am again because Rom will be, as the defending champion always is, so much in the center of it all. But my enjoyment, my just pure joy taken at watching these guys play has definitely been battered. So I don't disagree. Like, I feel the same way, but I don't know. When people ask me why, I don't know how to, to answer them. Right. Like, it almost just kind of feels like, when I'm watching it, I kind of have to grip my teeth and plug my nose, but I don't have a better answer than that. I mean, is there a more sink-your-teeth-into answer than that, aside from it just doesn't feel right? No, it, look, we all know that all sports are about the money. I mean, these players are playing for the money. Um, the owners are owning for the money. That The broadcast networks are in it because for the money. These are all businesses. No one is expecting otherwise, and these players have been playing for their living for a very long time. It was my good friend Mike Tirico. One year, I remember I was watching, I think it was the British Open, and Tirico was doing the telecast, and he said 48 weeks out of the year, these guys play for a living, and then four weeks out of the year, they play for history. Mm. And that's what it is. They play for a living. This is a professional enterprise. I do not hold against John Rahm or any of these guys. If you're going to offer the guy $600 million, how is he saying no to that? Mm. Like, how, how are you saying no to that? I'm not, I'm, this is not meant as a criticism of that. But it's so blatant. It's so in your face now. that, that, that it, There's just no way not to think about it. Probably, and, and, and in part also because golf is an individual sport, so you're not automatically attached. I know they're trying to make it a team sport and live, but there's nothing on earth I could care about less than that. Um, but... <laughs> You know, it's not like, well, the Jets got a player that I don't like, but it's still my team, and it's been my team for my whole life, and it's going to be my team for my whole life. So I'll just sort of grit my, grit my teeth and bear the fact that we have this guy on the team I don't like or whatever else it may be. You have no other allegiances. There's, no, there's nothing else to care about except for the individuals who are playing, and it has just made the individuals less appealing. So we weren't planning on going here, but I want to – this is in, very, very interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, we're and here. I think Let's just – a lot of our listeners – so I'm actually concerned that um, this is not a nice – isolated thing 
if if the if the Saudi public investment fund was capable and wealthy enough to buy out all these golfers, who's to say that they can't do the same for any professional tennis player or anyone at all for that matter? Yeah. Who's to say they can't just buy <laughs> the SEC if they wanted to or literally any entity? I'm fearful that by this happening, it provided us a blueprint of what is capable. I'm not suggesting that this is going to be like the ruin of sports, but I think the fact that this was possible, the fact that this was capable of happening is of the utmost concern to me as a sports fan. Well, so let's take them out of it because they skew the conversation. Once you bring that into it, now you have so many people who are so angered by them and all of that. By them as in? They're not the the Saudis. They're not the only people who could do this. Sure. Right? So Jeff sure. Bezos or Elon Musk. Elon Musk just bought Twitter. But if but if Jeff Bezos bought at all these players, there would not be near the same kind of kickback as if no. But if Jeff Sa- Bezos the Saudis did so. decided he was going to start another professional football league and he bought out thirty or forty or fifty of the best players in the NFL, how would that work out? How would that change if all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes was playing for the? Rochester Blue Note. I'm just, you know, I don't know how the hell I came up with that. But you know what I mean? Like, like that could happen. It could happen. So sports, as we know, it, it's not just that it's going to be taken over by a collection of people that so many people find all of the things that we find them. What I'm talking about is sports as the, 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 the extraordinary wealth that exists in tiny little isolated places right now in our culture, in the world, on planet Earth, is can ch- not only can, but unquestionably will change the world as we know it. Look, buying Twitter by Elon Musk, and this is not going to be a value judgment about him, a human being buying um, Twitter is not the same as a human being buying the New York Times. The New York Times has always been owned by someone or some entity. It would be like someone buying every newspaper right. in America. Mm. That's what happened. Twitter is probably or was probably among the top two or three places that Americans get their news and information. Does that sound right? Mm. I mean, I don't know that. I don't have data about this, but it's got to be right up there. One person just bought that. One individual now has unprecedented control over the way millions and millions and millions of people think. Mark Zuckerberg is another one of those people. Whether you like them or don't like them, whether you are encouraged or discouraged in favor or in disfavor of the way that, the ways they view the world, one person or one entity having that level of control over things is in and of itself a dangerous proposition. And it is the world that we are going to live in. Maybe not me, I don't know that this is this, the, the world will be exclusively that of the next 20 or 30 years. But the world that your kids are going to live in, mm. little Michelle and, and the other one, um, you know, in the next 70, 80 years, all that is going to happen. Everything is – people are just going to have so much money they can do whatever they want and with it. So they're already going, they're going to outer space. I'm old enough – well, in my lifetime, I remember when landing on the moon was an event that stopped the world. These guys can send people into space every day. I think they practically do, don't they? So, I mean, look how far we've come. That was the next frontier. We now do it daily. Imagine what the frontiers after this one are going to look like. So, And they're going to be controlled. That was done by the United States government. This stuff is not going to be done by governments. This stuff is not going to be done by people who have obligations to anyone other than themselves. So this is a pretty deep conversation to have, but it does make me very, very worried. I think I want to bring it back to the very beginning and ask you, from a golf standpoint, um, 
what do you think happens from here? Where do we go from here? Does golf reach a point where you're no longer interested in no, watching? No, they'll make a deal. They'll make some sort of deal. They have to. The the, the PGA and live the 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 leaders uh, leadership in of the the Saudi investment fund and the leadership Jay Monahan and all those people at the PGA and all the other people who are involved and the players on the PGA tour will have to be somehow made comfortable with this. All that will come together, and that's a really complicated thing to do. It might take a long time, mm-hmm. but eventually this will all become one thing. So that's what I meant when I said golf as we know it is over. It will become something else. Right now it's just in a state of flux. Like It's sort of like college football. It's just, <laughs> it's just unbridled chaos. No one is in charge is the way it feels. In, in golf, it's a little different, of course, but it will eventually land at a new normal. I don't know what that new normal is going to be. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if they'll divide up the calendar. I don't know if most of it will look like the the traditional PGA Tour always has. They will have a few events that are team events where they're wearing shorts and playing music and shotgun starts and all the other stuff that they do. You hate it. You hate it. Well, I hate it because it's not what golf is. Um, To me, it's not what golf is. Are they going to play a scramble next? I mean, what is this like a, a a Monday charity event that we're out there right you now raising money for the you know the some 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 charity like that's what they that's what they're turning golf into. If you enjoy it, go ahead, watch it. I'm not telling you not to, but it's not what I want to watch. But anyway, so I don't know what they'll wind up doing. It'll it'll land somewhere. It'll become something. I don't know what that thing is. It'll land somewhere and become something. And and hopefully at that time we'll all get used to it. I mean, I'm sure all this is stuff that you'll get over time. The passage of time. Baseball has had ter- baseball had a World Series canceled by money, and why did it come back? Because the game is too good not to. It brought people back because of your connection to the game. Because the game itself is too good and too pure. And that's what golf is. Golf is too good to to allow individuals and greed to ruin it. So they won't. But they've changed it irreparably or, or unchangeably, and I don't know where it will wind up. Did you happen to see what Rory said this week? Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of things it, he said. Which specific it, thing are you talking about? In effect, about? he said he was, I mean, Rory McIlroy, like the face of the anti, he said he himself was much too critical of the, of the defectors. Well, he couldn't do it. I mean, because now it's everybody. And, and now the, the, his side caved. His, if, if, if you and I are fighting the good fight on behalf of something, and that something says, on second thought, we're going in with them too. Then we were fighting for nothing. We were fighting for no one. And that's the position that Man. Rory and those guys wound up in. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, however bad you think it is, it's worse. <laughs> so they, they, look, that was a long digression. We apologize. That was not what we meant to do, but I think it was a conversation worth having. Greeny with you here, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Fortinball's on the way. We got who you got and a whole lot more. Stay close by. Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. 
Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We were handing out grades earlier today, hence the song. We gave out a few A's, a few B's, not too many C's as these quarterbacks and their teams head into this weekend's final exams in the National Football League. Joe Fortenbaugh will join us in a moment, but first time for Hembo. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Yesterday we did ourselves proud. Hembo gave us a list. We got five for five, so we all got one right yesterday as we start the new year with brand new scores. And Hembo's got today's question. Let's go. I was doing some research for Monday, and so your question is this. Which quarterback owns the single game record for passing yards? In the national championship. So to be clear, does that include the BCS? It does. It dates to 1998. 98. So it goes back to the BCS, and there was no such thing prior. So no, not not just a team that was named the national champion. The national championship game. Game. Most passing yards. In that game. Doesn't necessarily have to have won. Correct. Okay. So I'm just making sure we understand all the things about the question. So, Joe Fortenbaugh will join us in a moment here. So we decided to do the question as he is making his way over. And so we're sort of thinking it through live rather than taking the break to normally as we normally would to do that. Cam, Bubba, we know Vince Young played one of the really legendary games in the history, right? He, that, that's, that's probably the most famous championship game any individual quarterback has played, the Vince Young game against USC. But there have been a lot. We need a moment here to think. Bubba, Cam, you guys got a guess? Uh, this is not my area of expertise. I was going to go with Vince Young. Yeah, I was going to go with Vince Young, too. Bobby, you got a different one? Uh, I'll go Joe Burrow. Yeah, I forgot about Joe Burrow. <laughs> Does Brandon have a guess? Joe Brandon, Burrow, do you have a guess? Deshaun Watson. He was going to say Vince yeah, Young, right. too. I'm sticking with Vince Young. So we're going to go idea. three. Yeah, the Joe Burrow, that game was such a blowout. He may have, they may have not thrown the ball that much in the second half. We were there. We were there. I left at halftime. I had forgotten some of the more recent games. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, Burrow, Mac Jones had a, uh, a Tua. No, he didn't even play that whole game. All right, I'm going to stay with Vince Young. I'm going to go Vince Young. We got three Vince Youngs and one Joe Burrow. Hembo. The correct answer is 
Mac Jones. Oh, damn. Are you kidding me? Mac damn Jones I, passed. I thought of it against Ohio State. It was the COVID year. 464 yards. Bubba, you should know that Joe Burrow threw for 463. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And back through for what? 464. <laughs> wow. And what was Vince Young? Vince Young only threw for 267. He ran for yardage in that game. That. He, that's probably the best performance, but he ran for 200 yards in that game. Okay. Wow. Damn it. Jeez. So what's the scores now, Well, Cam? Bubba and I are 2-2, two and two, you're 1-3, and three, and Brandon is now 0-1. Oh All right, yeah, Brandon, that's your first crack at this season. You are now 0-1 oh as, again, we reset for the new year. And Joe is here, and Cam got the uh, Cam got last year's prize. Okay, we're delighted to welcome Joe Fortenbaugh into the conversation. You know him, of course, uh, from here on ESPN Radio every single day with his, uh, with his show, Carlin versus Joe, and then you know him from all of the gambling and everything else on ESPN. And I have one question, and that is, Joe, should we now be referring to you as Joe F. Fortenbaugh? <laughs> um, but that's what I have been told. It, did you change your name legally? What, why is it that I should be calling you Joe F. Fortenbaugh instead of Joe Fortenbaugh? This is the perfect person, Greeny, to have this conversation with. Okay. You've been in ESPN a long time. Could really use your help on this one. Okay. They recently gave me a workstation here in the radio department. I'm coming up in the world. Nice little workspace next to all the key members of the radio team. Not to mention the guys you work with on this show. <laughs> and Hey, I just got a desk, too. <laughs> I noticed you and I are right near each other. Yeah, spelled r- mine's spelled right. Your name is spelled correctly. My first name, for some reason, like usual, people insist on going Joseph instead of Joe. <laughs> so they misspelled Joseph. And I'm thinking, what would Mike Greenberg do in this situation? Let's be clear. They spelled it J-O-E-P-H. <laughs> yeah. So it is Joe F. Joe F. I think that is how that would that word would be pronounced were it actually a word. I can't believe, Joe, that they misspelled your first name but got your last name. You're much more complicated and challenging to spell last name correct. That's a great point, Hembo. The last <laughs> name is consistently butchered, which is okay. I'm sure you deal with this as well. Oh, you, like you wouldn't yeah. expect Paul to be <laughs> right. misspelled, but your last name, of course. Say you it right now. Mistakes. Joe, say it right now. Hembakites? Hembakitis. Not bad. Pal Hembakitis. <laughs> like Pal Gasol. <laughs> no, it's worse because they, they got the, the, the beginning and end of your name right, but yeah. not the middle. They you know, when the they think out. back on, on you know, the origin of different names, like if your last name is Carpenter, it means you're somewhere in the, along the line, your grandfather, great-great-great-great-grandfather was a carpenter. If your last name is Taylor, all that. One wonders if Hembo's family does not descend from their favorite disease. <laughs> like, that's what I've always thought. Like, well, I've got Hembakitis. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So I come from a long line of people who died of hembakitis. <laughs> Got acute hembakitis. I often say when people when I say that name to people and they are taken aback, I say, "Oh no, no, no! It's not sexually transmitted. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not in your case." <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get down to business here. We got Joe F. Fortenbar ready to make some picks. And here's the first thing: as everyone is getting set. To start making their plans here for for how they're going to place their wagers this week and everything else. You got so many games where their guys aren't, right? So we got no Lamar Jackson. We got no Patrick Mahomes. We got no many other people. How does that impact the way, first and foremost, the way these spreads are made and the way people like you who know what they're doing go about navigating them? This is an outstanding weekend to bet on football. Now, 
We can honestly say that about every weekend. Right. But this is an outstanding weekend. A lot of people, the novice who's just getting involved in this, the public player, might look at this and say, too much to keep track of. It's very disorienting. This is going to be a difficult week. That's not how the professional mind thinks. Because there's so much chaos, that's where professionals thrive. They look for where the mistakes will be made, and then they take advantage of the situation, whether it's the prop market, whether it's the totals. I'm going to give you an example. This week, we have several teams with a lot of motivation playing against teams with no motivation. A perfect example will lead into my first pick here, the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh is playing and fighting for their playoff lives. Baltimore couldn't care less. They're the one seed. They're resting their starters. When these situations occur, people naturally think Pittsburgh's going to roll them, right? They think Tennessee's going to get crushed by Jacksonville. They think the Panthers are going to get blown out by Tampa Bay. Everyone thinks that. The bookmakers know that. And as a result, they oftentimes over-adjust and overcompensate for the point spread, creating value going the other way. Mm. History backs me up on this. Teams in the situation the Ravens are in have been very profitable ATS over the long haul. I like Baltimore in this spot for that reason. I also think Mason Rudolph coming off two wins against bad defenses is being overvalued here as well. We saw it with Tommy DeVito and Jake Browning and Josh Dobbs. Lots of backups this year have stepped in, have looked good. The point spread overcompensates. These guys are backups for a reason. Eventually the bottom falls out, and I think there's a big opportunity with Baltimore plus the points here. What what is the number on that game? Plus three. It was four. It came down to three and a half. Are you seeing three right now, Hembo? I'm seeing three right now on ESPN Bet, Joe. Company man. Mm. Very well done there, Hembo. Very well done. So you like you like Baltimore with the points there. How about the other ones? Like I mean, g- give me a few others this weekend that okay. you're looking at and why you're looking at them. Tennessee's a popular one, although the best of that one's gone. They were plus five and a half hosting Jacksonville. That has dropped to three and a half. So obviously the professionals agree there. Carolina was plus five and a half at home against Tampa Bay. That's down to four and a half. So those are some of the matchups right there. Two others I throw your way. Number one, Chicago plus three against Green Bay. Right, everyone's looking at Green Bay. They're they're winning in for the playoffs. Bears have been eliminated. The Packers look good last week, but here's the thing with the Packers. They're a very young team. Very young. This is a huge pressure spot against the Bears who are loose and have nothing to worry about. The Bears are going to come in here. It's supposed to have bad weather. Keep an eye on the weather reports. The New England game, the Philadelphia game, the totals are dropping there. Bad weather favors the running game. Justin Fields can run. The Bears defend the run really well. Wouldn't be surprised if Chicago won that game outright. Another one I would look at, and this isn't so much the motivation angle as it is, I think the point spread's just off. Washington plus 13 over Dallas. Last week, San Francisco went to Washington and laid 14. This week, Dallas is going to Washington and laying 13. Do we really think the Niners are just one point better than the Cowboys? Mm. I don't see it, especially when Dallas is on the road. Bubble can back me up on this one. 37 points per game at home, 21 points per game on the road. They're 3-5 and five against the spread on the road. They don't need style points here. Get in, get the win, rest your guys, and get out. You'll get the division if you can pull that off. I think Washington can keep it close. Joe, I have a follow-up NFC East question then, because that game and the Eagles game, the Eagles are playing the Giants. The Eagles are a six-point favorite in that game. Those games are being played concurrently. That's going to be a concurrently. Score. They're being played at the same time. No, I mean as opposed to concurrently. Correct. You go, you go I know. concurrently. Joe, you have no idea. We live with this. He, mis- <laughs> he, he, 
<laughs> he pronounces words in ways that literally no other human being does. It's like a concave meniscus. <laughs> it, it, it's, By the way, what an insult that he thought I didn't understand what the word meant. It wasn't about what the word <laughs> meant. It was about the pronunciation. At the You're same like, time. It means they're happening at the same time, Joe. Yeah, I get that part. That's a good point. Do you mind if I ask my question? Yes, please. Okay, so I actually do. <laughs> I mind if you ask your question. So, but go ahead the, anyway. The Eagles are, are a six-point favorite in that game. And let's say the well, I'm Cow- thinking more about the Cowboys at the Commanders. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I vehemently disagree with all of this. <laughs> so I just moved to Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a really good chance that, that Nick Sirianni pulls the Eagle starters if they feel like there's no reason to keep playing people in this game, Joe. So that's why I think six points is too many. Do you think there will be a, a scoreboard-watching element to this game if Dallas winds up getting up big on Washington? There's got to be some of that, you would think. But at the same time, I mean, who are the Eagles to say, yeah, we can go ahead and get our starters out. We're ready for the playoffs. It feels like they need this. But then... You're watching the point spread go up, so it's been Philadelphia money. But at the same time, you're watching the total come down in this game. And when the total comes down, when we're talking about low-scoring games, if you get six points with a dog, that's far more valuable than six points in a game with a total of, like, 55, Mm -hmm. right? Like, a shootout is very different than a low-scoring game. And with weather as a concern here, and the fact that the Eagles have just looked terrible the last few weeks, how am I going to lay six with them here? I think the Giants are going to come in and at least try to play hard in this game. That doesn't mean they're going to look good, but they were they were competent to an extent against the uh, Rams last week. So I don't know. I would not lay it with Philadelphia. I can tell you that much. All right, Greeny and Fortinball with us here, going through all the gambling stuff for this weekend. You have any more NFL ones? Because I want to get to the college game. I prefer not to be rebuked again. How, how, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how uh, the, about the big one between Buffalo and Miami? I would play oh. the under there. I think these two offenses. This game was priced too high. If you can get it at forty nine or higher, because forty nine is a key total, play the under. These two offenses since week 13 have not been what we remember early in the season. Buffalo's running the ball a lot more. A lot of injuries to the Miami side. I'd look to the under in that game. Under on Buffalo and Miami. And if someone made you bet that game itself, pick one side or the other, which side do you go? So I've got this handicap trick I use around here being at the, it's called the Triple H handicap. It's not based on Hunter Hearst Helmsley, although shout out to Hunter Hearst Helmsley. It is the uh, headquarter hallway handicap. ESPN headquarters, you walk through the hallways Everybody here has an opinion on every single game, which is Mm -hmm. wonderful about working here. But when everybody lines up on the same side, that's dangerous. You start thinking about the other way. Last time we put this in play was Christmas. Everybody loved San Francisco. Baltimore ended up being the play. Everybody loved Cincinnati. Pittsburgh was the play. Everybody seems to love Buffalo here. I'm looking to Miami. I think they're being overlooked a little bit. No, I, I agree with that. If there's one expression that I actually do favor, it is fade the public. Um, <laughs> and, and that is the dictionary definition of the public. How about the game Monday night, uh, the national championship game? We'll have it on ESPN and ESPN Radio and everywhere else that you turn on our family of networks, Michigan and Washington. What are you looking at there? So let's go through the side. Game opened right after Washington beat Texas at about three and a half. Opens three and a half. Immediately, Michigan money comes in, right? Bumps it all the way up to as high as five. We saw some Washington money yesterday, which brought it back to about four and a half, which is what you're seeing across the market. People might ask, why the Michigan money early? Last week, we had an advanced line on this game. We were shown from bookmakers that if Michigan played Washington, the advanced line would be Michigan minus six and a half. So when minus three and a half came out, a lot of the pros saw value there and jumped on the Wolverines. But you also saw the buyback on Washington at five. So you know where the price is on the Huskies. I side with the Huskies here. I like them in this matchup. 
getting the points. The problem for Alabama, who almost won that game, they couldn't protect, and their quarterback is good, but he is not great. He's not a great thrower of the football. Penix is the best deep ball thrower in the country, and the Washington offensive line just won the award for best offensive line in the country. They're going to be able to protect. They're going to be able to score. But Washington's defense is a bit of a step down from what Michigan faced last week against Bama. So you've seen the total go up this week from about 55 to 56 and a half. I would look to play the over in this matchup as well. Two props for you. Blake Corum to score two or more touchdowns is plus 140. He's done that in six straight games, 10 of 13 games. I think Michigan features a heavy dose of him in this matchup to try to keep Penix on the sidelines. But I also like Penix to go over 291 passing yards in this game. He just threw for 430 against Texas. We don't need that. We need 67% of that, something he's done in 10 of 14 games this year. He averaged 332 per game during the season. Michigan has a great defense, but the Washington O-line will be able to protect and as a result, Penix is going to be able to get a lot of throws off. All right. Outstanding. Joe F. Fortenbaugh, <laughs> who, again, you will hear Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio right after we wrap up coast to coast and then all the gambling shows all over the place. Welcome to Connecticut, my man. And, and uh, we look forward to this every week. Thank you, Joe. Treat to be here. Thank you, fellas. Have a good one. All right. We've got who you got still coming up here. But I have one more thing I want to get in. Sneaky Big News. I'm embarrassed that I didn't know this until we did the highlight this morning. We had two of the best NBA games. Well, no, let me say that again. We had the two best NBA games of the year last night. The most entertaining NBA game of the season last night was the game between Giannis and the Bucks and Wembenyama and the Spurs. If you didn't see it, it was epic. Giannis went for over 40, and they wound up winning a very close game, but Wembenyama showed you, as Marv would say, the whole repertoire. He was unreal. The highlights of that game are the most entertaining highlights of any regular season NBA game I can remember in a really long time. Wimbanyama had a night that was special. I mean, sensational. Both ends of the floor, inside and outside on the offensive end. Dominant shot blocker, again, inside and outside on the defensive side, including muffing Giannis at the rim one time. So that was the best game of the night. The other big game was Denver down 18 midway through the fourth quarter, coming back and beating Golden State behind an unbelievable, another unbelievable performance by Jokic, and he winds up throwing in like a half-court bank shot at the buzzer to win the game. And so all those things were sitting there. And then they gave me a statistic that, Hembo, I literally had to turn and say, Am I reading this right? Like, is there any way this is right? I don't, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know this. Maybe it's because I was on vacation. Maybe it's because we just take Giannis a little for granted. But in his last five games, excuse me, last four games, Giannis has scored 26, 19, 13, and 34 points. Jokic, you mean? What did I say? You said Giannis. Sorry, Jokic. Nikola Jokic, in his last four games, has scored 26 points, 19 points, 13 points, and 34 points. In that time, he has taken 44 shots from the floor, and he has made 39 of them. He has missed five shots in four games combined. He's shooting 88.6% from the floor in a four-game stretch. He has shot 11 of 11, 9 of 10, 6 of 7, and 13 of 16. And this is a guy who shoots threes. Jan, I mean, Jokic, I keep saying Giannis, Jokic is ridiculous 
ridiculous. And we are a league where we are constantly trying to find someone else to give awards to. Jokic is just the best player, and there isn't any question about it. So that 88.6 is the third highest field goal percentage over any four-game span in the shot clock era. Wilt Chamberlain had two games in which his field goal percentage, two spans, two four-game uh, spans in which his field goal percentage was higher in 1966 and 1967. And any time you're third on a list behind two Wilt Chamberlains, you know you're doing something pretty extraordinary. That's right, because he's got his own record book, and Jokic may soon have his as well. Who you got is next on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Earlier on Greeny. And the barber takes one look down at me and he says, would you like us to wax your nostrils? I said, what the hell? Let's do this. What? Come on. I don't know why I didn't realize how much it was going to hurt. Oh, he yanks out that first one. Nothing has ever hurt like that in my life. It's astonishing. I came home in tears. I came home literally weeping. If anyone ever says, can I wax any part of you, say no. This is Greeny. Yeah, so far for me, 2024 is the year in which I had my nostrils waxed. That's the most memorable thing that has happened to me. I'm hoping for better times to come. We're only January, whatever we are, 5th. So we got a lot of time left. But um, 
So far, that's been probably the most memorable thing that's happened. Does it still hurt? It doesn't feel great. It's still like it, there's a residual effect. Oh, yeah. And, and, and not only that, but I, I continue to smell things better, which is a terrible curse. Like the worst thing you could, if, if you really want to make a person's life worse, improve their sense of smell. Like a really good eyesight is a wonderful gift. Really good hearing is a wonderful gift. Really good sense of smell is a curse. It's a freaking curse. Everywhere you go, things smell awful. Far more things smell bad than good in life. Like for every frying bacon and brewing coffee, there's someone's feet. There's the inside of someone else's car. There's any number of other things that just <laughs> smell like hell. And I, I, when you said the inside of someone else's, oh. I didn't know where you were. Well, let's just go to this thing. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? Yeah, most people's cars don't smell good. <laughs> I know it's not what you thought I was saying. No, but thank God you did. But they don't. Okay, uh, it is time for Who You Got. It is time for Bubba to present for the first time this year a collection of questions, and uh, I am prepared to answer them. Good morning again, Mr. Bubba. Hello. Who You Got brought to you by Granger, and this is the last Pick'em Challenge of the regular season. And while you are not going to win this year, this is important because you are two games behind Amber and Ian, and you have a chance to get out of last place. Oh, let's do it. So, let's do this. We do have a good week here. Do we know what they've picked? Uh, We do not know yet. we got to go up. I know. We don't know yet. No, but I'm afraid that we make our picks and they hear them, and then they pick the same one so we can't catch them. That's that's a that's a, that's a risk that, we have that, to be willing to take. That's, that's a, a thing that they could do. That's a risk. Does, yeah, we can't keep going in the playoffs. Well, it's it that starts a new it's, challenge. Yeah, it's it's a new challenge. That's silly. So we can hopefully win the playoffs, but all right, trying, let's get the game. Hard to get Amber and Ian here. All right, go ahead. Tomorrow <laughs> night on ESPN, Texans at Colts. This one is Houston minus one. Who you got? I'm playing the Colts. Plus the one. This is a team that averages 27 points a game at home. They handled Houston pretty easily in Houston earlier in the season. This is an excellent value to get Indy as a home dog. I actually got the Colts winning this game outright. Next. Falcons at Saints. New Orleans minus three. Who you got? I'm playing Atlanta plus the three. Of all the, of the four units in this game, the one that is far and away the best, believe it or not, is Atlanta's defense. The last time they played, Derek Carr failed to throw a touchdown. He looked awful. I expect he'll play badly again. I think the Falcons most certainly cover this number and perhaps win the, uh, outright in New Orleans. And, and if they do, they might win the division if Tampa somehow oh, loses to Carolina. Atlanta would get in at 8-9. and nine. Uh, One more pick. The last one is Bills-Dolphins, and this one is Buffalo minus three, the big game on Sunday night. Who yeah, you got? Joe disagrees with me. I, I do like the Bills minus the three here. There isn't a big public discrepancy despite the people he's talking to in hallways in Bristol, Connecticut. My big concern here is that Miami's offense has not performed well at all this season against the best team that they played to the tune of the only average 17 points a game. I think Buffalo handles their business on the road, wins this game, and covers the number. Me too. So there you have it, Amber and Ian. Pick opposite against us and give us a fighting chance. And those are our picks for this weekend, Bubba. All right, let's get the Monday game too. The national championship, number two, Washington. Number well, usually one, we only do three picks. We're doing four this week. No, that this doesn't count. This is just this is just for college football. Oh, we're just doing. You know, we want to get your your pick in here. So Michigan minus four and a half. The game's on ESPN, ESPN Radio. Since we're doing who you got, we got to. Well, but your we'll pick. be here Monday. Yeah, we can pick the game on Monday. <laughs> you know how the calendar works. Yeah, but we're just, is Bubba not going to be here Monday? I want to do other fun questions. All right, fine. We'll skip it. We'll move on to the next one. Yesterday <laughs> was National Spaghetti Day. <laughs> Let's, let's, get to, let's get to that one. 
who you got is your favorite spaghetti. All right, you happy? I was afraid we weren't going to get National Spaghetti Day in. We just skipped the pick, the natty pick, to ask that question. Has anything ever been more us? I don't understand what you mean by your favorite yeah, spaghetti. Do you mean favorite pasta? Meaning your favorite presentation of spaghetti or your favorite noodle, like your favorite pasta? Question. Like, I don't, yes, for, yeah, favorite pasta was... Are you was asking, it? like, spaghetti and meatballs versus spaghetti carbonara? Angel or are you hair. asking, like... Penne versus linguine. Yeah, favorite pasta is what it was supposed oh. to be phrased as. Yeah, I forgot to change it. Because so, the point is that, was it National Pasta Day or National no, it, Spaghetti Day? it was National Day? Spaghetti Day. So he, I'm going to admit something that I probably should It was National shouldn't. Spaghetti Day. What, who you guys your favorite pasta? I like question. penne, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something I probably <laughs> should not. I am a person who does something that makes some people really up, upset. I cut spaghetti with a knife. So when, the, when, it's, in the, when it's in the plate... It usually comes in a bowl. I will cut it. In, you know, it's long strips. I'll cut it into small pieces so it's easily eaten. You with don't a fork. twirl it in a spoon. No. Have you ever tried? Yes, and and I know that's what you're supposed to do. And yet, for some reason, I just never do. So I if you go to a fancy a Italian restaurant, because I assume you go to no other kind, you use the knife. Yeah. Does anyone ever side eye you? Yes. Do you care? Uh, a little. But I still do it. I don't it. think it's unreasonable. So, but my favorite, uh, sp- my favorite pasta is penne. I like a penne. I like the short. I like the one fork full per thing and whatever it is you're having it with. Like a, like a nice penne with maybe like a little grilled chicken, a little broccoli. Using one it. hand is just so much better. Then, then using two hands. That's correct. Uh, Bubba, what else we got? All right. Who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. And we didn't get to this last month, and we need to get it now. 99 years ago last month, <laughs> Ted Knight was born, so uh, yeah, settle down, Hembo, geez. 99 years ago last month, Ted Knight was born. Hembo doesn't know who he is. Everyone else does. Do you know who Ted Knight was? I don't have an idea okay. who Ted Knight Who is. you got as your favorite Judge Smales line from Caddyshack? I'm not going to lie to you. This might be my favorite line from any comedy ever made. I've sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Didn't want to do it till I owed it to them. <laughs> That's such a brilliant line. I didn't, I've sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. You just heard it. I didn't want to do it. Felt I owed it to them. It is a great one. It's a great line. Every line he has in that movie. That's my favorite comedy. All right, Bubba, what's next? One minute. And he was also born in Connecticut. How about that? How about that? Great man. Today, today, Ambo, mm. is Bradley Cooper's 49th. Do you know who that is? I hope you know that. Yeah, he's right? a big Eagles fan. Yeah, noted Eagles fan. And he's been in quite a few movies, which I'm sure you've never seen. <laughs> who you got as your favorite Bradley Cooper movie? Have you ever seen him in a movie? I saw the Eagles movie he was in. Silver Linings Playbook. So, yes, Silver Linings Playbook. Good one. And? I, that's pretty good. That's the only one. Did you like it? I don't remember. What? It, it, I mean, is... I don't recall. Was that based on a true? I don't know. I didn't. Based on a true? A true? A true story. Happy New. Yeah, we all knew what you meant. Right. Which is why I didn't have to say it. Nah, you do have to say it because you live in a society where other people want to operate and you just refuse to play by the rules. There's only one answer to this question. If I ever meet a person for whom the answer to this question is not the hangover, then we're not going to be friends. (laughs) Just that simple. We're not going to be friends. Hembo, like you. (laughs) See you Monday, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.